until you are broken, you will not achieve your destiny to influence and change the world. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I will not let you go until you bless me. Today, we are wrestling, everybody. Dave is here to talk to us about Jacob and getting in fights with God. Don't worry. I'm with you and will protect you wherever you go. So strap on your singlets and brush off your gravitas, and let's welcome in our favorite heel grabbers. Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Well done once again, Tyler. How are that, you? That intro just that touched great. my hip. Yes. <laughs> I knew the minute I heard heel grabber, I'm like, Tyler's going to call yep, us yep, heel grabbers tomorrow. Yeah. I just knew it. Dave, how are you? Good. Real good. 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 Welcome. Dave brought Starbucks for everybody. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Marin chose the worst possible drink for a microphone. <laughs> And her iced coffee. I don't know what I was thinking. I have this nervous twitch, like when I get an iced coffee. Does anybody else, you get an iced coffee and you have to swirl it? You just got to shake the ice. How else will the the coldness spread? How how else will the tiny rocks of sugar not dissolve? (laughs) Ah, problems. Yeah. These are things that we never had to think, I never had to think about until pod. You started a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So, happy to be here. Guys, how are you? How was the weekend? Great. One great weekend. Family update I got to share and one uh, ministry update, which was really cool. So, the family update we took Humphrey to the vet for his first checkup this morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. And it was traumatizing. No, why? <laughs> for him. Because okay. uh, he, okay. not for us, we were fine. Oh, He's fine. He's perfectly healthy, but driving in the car in his little carrier and uh-huh. then getting out and having we'll like uh, the vet pro- poke and prod and turn him over and check his paws. And, Wait, and like, can you just bring him to any vet? No. Well, technically yes, but like rabbits are actually not normally, like people are not normally trained to deal with rabbits at normal vets. So you actually, we have to actually go to a place that's called um, exotic no, yeah, exotic birds and reptiles or something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, Gosh. because they actually Sounds have training legit. to deal with, with rabbits. Sounds so. legit. Why wouldn't they put that in their name? And I rabbits. Probably not as cool. I so don't you take it to a place called birds no, and no, reptiles. Exotic avian and reptile clinic is what it's called or something like that. And all those animals see that rabbit coming in. They're like, food. Yeah, the snakes oh, are was, all picking their heads up. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. But everybody who was in the waiting room had a rabbit. So I'm assuming that's oh, actually really? okay. maybe one of their main things. Wow. So. Does, so, does Humphrey get a treat when he's done with all yeah. this? He came back and... He got a lot of fresh hay. He got some pellets, <laughs> fresh pellets, but he was clearly, he needed a little time. He needed a moment. Oh. So he why? went back behind his pen and like <laughs> lay down because he was what he had done. Yeah. He was just traumatized. <laughs> so what do they do at a rabbit checkup? Lots of things. I didn't really know what they were doing. They were, they were uh, just like massage like, the ears or something. Well, they were like checking like the, ex- they were extending his, his limbs to see like if everything was, was okay. They actually like trimmed his nails for us, which was really nice. Well, thank you because yeah. the last time I was with him, he <laughs> scratched stri- my hand. Drew blood. <laughs> oh, Dad is not oh, like phenomenal. Look, look, look at that scar. When wow. Scar. On the right, on, on, listen, there's a scar right there. Oh, yeah. Wow. But uh, he's healthy. So basically, I am reminded yet again that I think we are pretty much ready to be parents if we have done so well. No argument here. No argument. Sorry, Olivia. I didn't mean that to come out as a. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, you guys are going to have another talk. So that's the family update. But the, the ministry update last night, I went to merge 146th Street, our high school ministry, mm-hmm. and did like a Q&A. 
which I had no oh, cool. questions in advance. I just got up on stage and they just started asking me questions. What and, do uh, high schools want to, high schoolers yeah. want to know these days? Uh, they were kind of, the categories were like, what do I do with my life? What is calling kind of, Did you say, like, what's my calling? You. I don't know. I was like, why would I, <laughs> ah, something else? Give me another question. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. There's that. Or there were questions, theological questions. And mm-hmm. Someone asked, uh, how do I care for my friend who is struggling with sexuality or identity? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I actually hung out with one of the small groups afterwards and they were asking me a lot more specific <laughs> theological questions. Somebody asked me, uh, do other religions go to heaven and things like that. So, wow. Yeah, it was it was good. I was on the spot having to answer some questions. That's but awesome. It was fun. It was really fun. And I, I do have to do a shout out um, for Scott's group. Um, they, I, I met with them years ago when they were all sophomores, these guys at the winter retreat. And I just hung out with them again last night and they are seniors now and they're mm-hmm. all going off to do grand things. So I promised them that I would give them a shout out on the pod. So guys, you rock. Shout out. Shout out. Official. Shout out. Do you think they listen? They I hope do. They listen. I had, Great. I had three, at least three or four high school students say like, up, they love the pod, which was Great. kind of a shock. Guys, I'm totally shocked. Thanks for listening. We have a great, great student ministries. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Merge and fuse. Not to upstage your shout out, but no, no. my son went on the eighth grade retreat this weekend. Ooh, I heard it. Heard yeah, it was how awesome. was it? How One was it? One of the many humongous things that took place in our family updates this weekend, but um, I, I got a chance to talk to him about it. And he just, he was still kind of awestruck. Mm, really? He, he told oh. me about the fun and, you know, the, the I think they were canoeing or something, mm-hmm. the stuff they did on the river, stuff that he loved. Told me he found a bunch of bluegills and he was trying to grab them with his bare hands. So mm. he got, he got a couple what, like of, Huckleberry couple Finn of or bluegill something? cuts on his hands, which is like, <laughs> what? to what? him, it's the best thing in the world. What do you mean a cut from a bluegill? From the little, uh, the fins, fins and the, and the, and my sharp. son thinking he can just like barehanded fish. Wow. <laughs> Works in the movies. Wow. I take back everything I said about a great student ministries. If this yeah. is what's happening, it's no, fish grab. It. Yeah, fish fish grab. He loved it. Fish and there's a, there's a rite of is passage. Is that on the liability waiver? Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a rite of passage that I've only heard about since I got here that yeah. when they cross over from the, the bridge, the junior high student yeah. ministry into high school ministry. And Jaden had the best small group leader, like, in the world. He loves this small group leader. His name's Grant. He's at the Fishers campus. And uh, the small group leader for junior high prays for each student individually. Mm-hmm. And then they walk across the bridge and now they're in merge. And my son's like, I tried so hard not to cry. Oh, He's like, wow. but let everyone it, was crying. He's like, out, I just, I just cried. Like he just kept talking about how profound it That's was awesome. and how, how touched he was. This, so it was amazing. This has become a thing over the years. This crossing the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. Yeah. Symbolic. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. When are we going to teach our kids that, uh, that you don't cry? You got yeah. to stay, stay <laughs> stiff upper lip. And yeah, just kidding. I cry a lot. No, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Um, guys, are you guys hoarders or are you pitch it? Pitch it. Like if Obviously. you're, if you're cleaning out your house or oh. you're doing some spring cleaning, are Gone. you like, keep it just in case? Clearly or? it depends on the item. So what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. So I was cleaning out my garage this weekend and I'm the kind of person that's just like, nah, get rid of it. I haven't, I don't even know what this is. Let's, let's just throw it away. I haven't seen it in years. My wife is sentimental, nostalgic, whatever. So I'm cleaning it out. <laughs> and it's uh, a nice way of There are two <laughs> bags, like Target bags, full of table legs. 
<laughs> well, I didn't no. expect that to come I out didn't of know what was going to happen. Stop right there. What kind of table legs? Wooden. I don't know. Were they peg? Were they square? I don't know. I, they were round. Were they, they wrought were iron? No, no, no. They were wood. Okay. Uh, Where were the tops? I don't know. They were, they were just legs. Doesn't and so matter. You could use them. I said, Lauren, can I throw these? What are these? Can I throw these away? These have been here. And she said, no. no. And I said, Why? Like we already have a table. And she said, just in case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just what? in case. You, just in case. You're in the woods and you come across like a tabletop <laughs> yeah. with no legs. <laughs> just in case what? <laughs> so we still have two full bags of table legs and in our I'm garage. I'm sure they're not taking up that much space. So you will be fine. But you know, like, I don't know. The best feeling in the world is for some reason is a clean clear garage for some reason. Like Love I don't that. spend a lot of time in it, but like when it's clean and clear and I can, mm-hmm. it doesn't smell weird or it's a source of pride. Yeah. Is it, it feels the great. bag of table legs that is preventing that feeling from happening? Like one bag of table legs right now. Cause it's like this, do, this does everything else I put on the wall or like on a shelf somewhere. Mm-hmm. And these are just like out. Do you have an attic? <laughs> All right. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Get a little wooden ring. And screw the table legs into him and make this giant like spin decoration wheel. spin wheel looking thing. Let's not put it up on the wall. Yes. Oh my goodness. And then it's not in a be- target bag anymore. So I like refinishing furniture. And oh, you so do. that's why I said it depends on the legs. Can like you build if, us a table? I would love to help Literally, piece together. I have a table never for seen you. a bunch of table tops laying around with no legs. <laughs> yeah. But you find a table and you're like, I like the top, but I don't like the legs. That Wait, hap- oh, I have cute you know legs what? at home. That happens mm-hmm. all the time yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. If I had a nickel for every tabletop I saw that just that needed a leg. Like- <laughs> Guys, we have 12 legs. 12. <laughs> there are 12 legs. That's enough for three tables right, or, in our garage or that we are put them keeping. all on one table and it, you can't like actually get your legs underneath it. It's just all legs. Oh it's gosh. a centipede table. Yeah. Oh no. That'd be creepy. So, so that's what I did this weekend. We closed on a house this morning. Oh, oh nice. now we're talking. Yeah. Same house. Yay! Same you. house that we've Thank been talking about or is this a different house? house? Okay. Same house. They dried out the crawl space for us, mm. fixed the holes in the attic. So yeah. Great. Just Yay. closed on it today. The kids haven't seen it yet. So tonight we will do the unveiling of oh, really? this the kids is your been life there. now. Yep. It's going to be great. When's, so. uh, when's moving day? Um, we have till the end of the month, so I'd like to get in there and just paint some stuff before we start, you know, and we've, it's really not far from where we're currently living, so we'll be able to like move boxes and stuff probably Carry every day. Carry the stuff down right. the street. You know, until then we get the moving truck to just move furniture and then that's and where you Fishers, come right? in, Tyler, and that's where you come in and- I am ready. <laughs> want to call on the friends of the pod. Here we go. <laughs> as far as my voice can be heard, we are having a moving day. To be D. TBD. To be D. To be D. To be D, guys. To be D. I mean, technically, that's right. It right? is. Yeah. It is. To be D. At Marion's new house, that, uh, what can we provide like pizzas? You can provide whatever you want to provide. Donuts? Like, what time of day is this activity going to happen? Okay, again, there's no actual day yet. And, and I'm sure we would want it to be. In the daytime. Okay, so like if it's morning, it's donuts. Okay. Okay, so on behalf of Let's between Sundays, if we do it 
in the morning, uh-huh. donuts will be be provided to friends of the pod who come to help. Can we get can oh, we get thanks, like friends? shirts made specifically for people <laughs> who come to this event? Yes. Like friends of the pod, Marion Moving Day T-shirts, two BD, two BD, twenty eighteen, TB determined. Yeah, no, that'd be sure fun. that be we're going to have these same conversations as you know, getting rid of things, not getting rid oh, of things. Yeah. Like your table legs is what made me think of that. Like, yeah. oh, we are just launching in to that. Good luck. Next Do you need phase. any table legs? Um, so. Again, like your wife's been talking about, maybe like looking for a new place, all that. Mm-hmm. You might really? get a place. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a place where you need an extra table. We have one couch right now, but we could really use two couches now. What if you if put yeah. table legs on the bottom of the couch and if then you've only. got like a oh, vertical wow. couch that's like four feet in the air? Guys, the possibilities are endless. Um, <laughs> Truly. I don't know. I'm just the kind of person that's like, get them out if we're not using it and we'll go buy a table later if we need to. There you go. You know? I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm like, waste not, want not. So, you, not are, so you're things. a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say hoarder. I love donating things. Okay. I've got stuff in my car right now. I've got to go to Goodwill yeah. today and drop some stuff off. Oh, the next move was cleaning out my closet, my closet, not my wife's closet. So she did it. She took all my clothes that. <gasps> wow. Right. Great. And then she's like, I'm going to go donate these and I'm going to keep the money. Mm. I was like, those oh. are my, those are my clothes. Money. Like to Plato's closet or whatever, whatever. So I that means you have, I'm going to go sell these have cool clothes. She thinks they're cool. They would not want our clothes, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, this is the second time in a month where my wife has sold something of mine and said that she's going to reap the profits. I admire her business mind. Yeah. Very <laughs> business acumen. <laughs> Dave, how are you? I'm well. Yeah? I'm well. Busy weekend, huh? Uh, yeah, I was very busy. Had a lot of church and then a covenant community meeting. And more church. More church. Lots of church and mice. We had mice. You had mice. Oh, Ooh, yeah. tell us the mice story. Not a very pleasant story. Oh, no. <laughs> like in your house? Oh, yeah. They're in the house. I Downstairs, I had a big bag of grains and things for cooking and some masa, and they found them. Oh, no. Found like, them. Like, is this a basement? situation it's or basement okay. basement situation not yep. the masa yep the masa's gone oh. <laughs> so what how many mice are we talking so far four four <gasps> mice yep four so far oh i think so what mercy. what's the plan what happened they're gone <laughs> uh i saw that on you've been posting about this on instagram yeah and uh which which of a have I been posting that? Well, the no, one I saw, saw a squirrel that got the squirrel, into the garage. That was a squirrel. Oh, that was a squirrel. It looked yeah, like no. a mouse. Yeah, I just, he left. And eventually. And an owl found it. I don't know. They were having a confrontation outside. <laughs> okay. the, the squirrel, I'm sure it ended great for the squirrel. I don't know. The squirrel was up on the tree branch and he was making squirrel noises. noises. I love and, squirrel noises. And he was, he was, he was very worked up. I, you could tell. Yeah. And so I, st- and I, I couldn't figure out what, what he was worked up about. And then I looked over his little shoulder and I saw an owl sitting there. Oh, no. And then another owl came oh, and they gosh. were like 10 feet apart and they're just, st- you know how owls stare? Oh yeah. Scare they, the daylights out of you. Yeah. St- I don't think they blink very often. No, so they don't. Their stares they, are. They just impose. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. So yeah. I don't, I went inside, I let them do their animal business nature nature they did nature the mice are gone there might be more there there could be more okay quite quite possibly there are more yeah that's my news that i had mice and church yeah this weekend Marin, you're perpetually scared of like 
Most things. Most right. things. Are you scared of mice? Is that, is that on the list? It's not a list of fear. It's a list of like frustrations, like, oh no. But if I see a mouse, I don't shriek. It's not like that. I have lots of experience with mice. Yeah. Well, actually, so do I, because we lived in the city right. in Chicago for right. a while. So, Also, before we go too far, uh, there was a really great sound clip a moment ago when Marin said, I love squirrel noises. Yes. <laughs> Can we please save that yes. for later? <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife has a um, bird feeder outside the, our, our window and squirrels get it. And she loves, she likes it. Like the squirrels, she thinks squirrels are super cute. And I said, what if squirrels didn't have any hair on their tails? Would we think they're cute? No, they'd be possums. They'd be okay, rats. So the only, rats. the only reason we think squirrels are cute is because they have furry tails? No, I think their faces are cute as well. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Their faces cute. look a little bit like Humphrey. They do. They look a little bit like rabbits. I was, I realized I'd never thought about that, but they look like cousins. I will say that they do not make good pets. Squirrels? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably not. Mm-mm, no. Mm-hmm. Marin, how are you? Oh, how was your weekend? Man. Yeah, I had a weekend. So um, I went home to see my mom. Mom is, um, she had a, she had a great couple of days. So that was really good. Um, she, uh, after her biopsy, she was kind of just out. Can you give uh, any listeners who may have missed last week's episode? Oh yeah, so my, uh, yeah, caught up. Yeah, my mom was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, we're just—it's aggressive and it's—it's—it's it's, it's just bad. It's just a bad scene. It's—it it wasn't caught early or anything like that, so it's already pretty bad off. Um, but she mm. starts chemo this week, mm. so you know things are kind of getting underway. So it was good to be able to go and spend some time with her, um, and she had a couple of great great days and the weather Mm. was gorgeous so that was Mm. nice and we went grocery shopping and Mm -hmm. um i helped her cook some stuff and it was good so now i'm kind of in the middle of the process of rallying um family and friends who live near them to be able to do all the things that i would be doing if i still lived five minutes away so i uh i was cleaning and vacuuming and um you know just all that kind of stuff they need help with just everything i'd like my dad to just be able to focus on work and mom mm-hmm. and not have to focus on cooking, grocery shopping, yard work, laundry, like all that stuff. Do they have a community up there that can surround them with these kinds of tasks? They do. So I, um, yesterday driving home, leaving my mom was really hard last night. So yeah. I probably spent the first hour and a half just bawling behind the wheel and just going. Yeah. It was hard to just leave because I just felt like there was so much that I still could do. Like, oh, I didn't get to the laundry and I didn't trim the hedges. And there's still so much that I could do. But right before I left, I had sent like a blast out over Facebook for people who do live close to them. And my parents had such a, a, a personal ministry. They had their, when I was little, they opened their home every Friday of my life for years um, to any stranger off the street, friends, friends Mm. of friends, um, to just come in and just have a party. They called it hang night. Um, there was always bands in the basement because my dad has all this, you know, sound equipment and every kind of, you know, rock and roll instrument downstairs. So yeah, teenagers would come and hang like from the early nineties up through the mid two thousands. Um, so yeah, just over that span of so many years, they touched so many lives. Mm. So many people even just came to salvation because of my parents' ministry. So I'm calling in some favors. Yeah. There's a lot of people who uh, who want to help. Oh, that's great. And I think they just didn't have a practical 
way of helping. Yeah. So that's, I'm right in the middle of that right now. Just okay. mobilizing it. I got my mom's grocery list and I'm like, I'll just divide that among some people. You buy them this, you buy them that. And we'll mm. put a cooler on the front porch and you can just do some anonymous drop-offs and send mm. me a text when you do that. And then I'll be able to let mom know, Hey, there's that's food awesome. on your porch, you know, whatever. Cool, so yeah, doing everything we can. How are you? I'm... Because I know that- Resolute. Well, (laughs) all right. So you've been here about a year. Yeah. And you've talked a little bit about how it's just like a whirlwind of emotion. Like, why would God bring me away from my mom Mm -hmm. only to have her go through this experience now? Mm -hmm. That was, you and I had that conversation off Mm -hmm. mic, but that was a while back. How are you- processing the latest news? How are you processing even after this weekend? How are you and your emotions and your thoughts and how are you going through all of this right now? Um, like anyone would, um, I'm crying a lot. Um, I'm struggling a lot. Um, you know, but I feel better now that I have kind of a plan of like, you know, my biggest I think the thing that upset me the most was just like, if I'm not close enough to be able to do the things, you know, support them financially or, you know, just with physical work or whatever, if I'm not close enough to do that, then like, what am I doing? Like, Mm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a six. So I go to a three, I got to get stuff done. You know, I'm stressed out. So I got to do, and I've got to help and do. So just trying to figure out how I can have like, feet on the ground of people who are close enough to be able to go and to do because, and I've had just all kinds of time to think about all of this. Um, take the, the missions trip to Ukraine, for instance. Mm-hmm. First of all, let me say, my mom has forbid me to come home. <laughs> just tell me. What do you mean? Don't you dare. Because if I'm thinking like, oh man, my mom's sick, like, uh, what do I do? Like, oh, you my mean move thought home. would be go home and, and like, you know, no, just no, in there the, physically. It, while you're in Ukraine? And, and something happens. No, 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 no. Like here, like whatever. Like I can go home and see her on the weekend, but like she knows that oh, I am yeah. supposed to be okay. here. Okay. So she doesn't even want and you to has come. Giving me her blessing and all that stuff. So whatever. That's, that's what she said. She forbids me to come home. So I'm here. Is that one of those things though, that you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you do it anyways. Here's, I, I just told Jed this last night. So this is like probably the most personal thing I'll ever say on this mic. Um, <laughs> Brace yourselves. Um, I'm thinking about the the Ukraine trip. Which is in July, right? In July. And with my mom kind of just embarking on this new road of treatment, we don't know. It could be great. It could buy her years of time. It could be bad. We just don't know. And there's no way to know. So I think, sometimes I think, man, this was really a bad year to say yes to a missions trip. Because there's just so mm. much, so much uncertainty. So- Maybe I should have put it off till next year. Well, what if she's not doing very well next year? Yeah. What if she's not doing very well the year after that? Yeah. Do I just say, well, I'm going to wait till my mom dies and then I'll go on a missions mm. trip. And then I think of the scripture that says, well, let me go bury my father first oh, and then I'll follow you. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's yeah. the resoluteness of just like. That's real. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's real. No, I, mm. I know what he's calling me to and God knows what's going on mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. God as, is more as than does aware. your mom, as does your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. 
and and yeah, <laughs> she she doesn't know this, um, but I was sleeping in the guest room and she was on the phone with her brother in Colorado and I heard her talking to her brother about, you know, just the updates on all the kids and what the kids are doing, you know, me, my sisters, my brother, all that. And she was telling him about that trip and Maren's going to go on this trip and she's going to minister to single moms. And then my mom starts crying on the phone with her brother. Mm. And I just, I hear it from the other room and she's just so encouraged that that opportunity is being afforded to me and she knows how God's going to use me because that's my story and Mm. she was that single mom and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So God is more than in this thing Mm -hmm. and in the boat with us, as you said months ago in one of your sermons and yeah, all of that. So, Mm. yeah. How, um, we obviously can't drop food off on our, on our doorstep like your friends in Chicago can, but how can your community here best support or pray for you right now? Yeah. um, Pray for wisdom. Like as I'm trying to kind of put these pieces together and mobilize. And if you want to help in a practical way, you could message me on Facebook or send me an email or anything like that. There's a million ways to get a hold of each one of us now that social media mm-hmm. is all of the things. So yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, that's great. Um, but no, just pray for emotional strength and of course, physical healing for my mom. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know that it's a very personal and private thing, but I think one of the most impactful things in my life was when, and this goes into um, Dave, your sermon last weekend. One of the, one of the most important moments in my life was when somebody recognized a, a broken life story in me and challenged me. They said, you don't have to do it now, but someday you're going to use this to impact other people. And this podcast, like your story, even right now, I think through this podcast, we'll be able to um, relate to somebody. Yeah, Somebody will be able to relate to your story. So I appreciate you sharing even yeah. what you did um, because I know that it's a, it's a personal thing. Yep. It's tough. So thanks. We, uh, the good news, good news. Like I said, mom had a couple of good days. It was good. We went to my brother's church. In Chicago. No, oh. south south suburbs. I will. A lot of people just lump well, it all together. Yeah, but that, no, no. Unless you've survived living in Chicago, <laughs> yeah, you don't get to say you're from Chicago. I'm right. sorry. So if you're from Wheaton, you're from Wheaton. Straight up. <laughs> Real <laughs> wow. talk. Real talk. So he lives in New Lenox, um, and it is no small miracle that my brother is going to church. Mm. Um, we talked on the phone a couple, maybe a couple, a couple weeks ago. All this stuff happening with mom, and you know, just touching base with my brother. Um, and I told him next time I'm in town, I want to go to your church. Mm. And yeah, it was just amazing. I, my brother's a couple years older than I am. And I think he's, he just started going to church maybe three months ago, four months ago. So it's just, hmm. that was the most uplifting, glorious thing to happen all weekend. Cool. It's just to see firsthand yeah. what he's doing and hear from him, just how God has been changing his life and just, yeah, crazy stories, Sweet. crazy stories there, but it was all super right. cool. We all got to go as a family. That Great. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. Well, let's turn the corner and uh, talk about this past weekend. Dave, you gave a sermon about Jacob and uh, you brought out the chalkboard, talked about ladder of influence, character, spiritual authority in people's lives. But um, can you give listeners a summary of maybe your big idea or what you wanted people to hear this past weekend? 
Yeah, the big idea is pretty simple. <clears throat> until we are broken, or yeah, I'll just say it there. Until we are broken, we cannot um, really start to experience character development that will give us spiritual authority, ultimately have influence in the world. Um, and Jacob had not been broken. He was a jerk. And he needed to be broken before he could actually pick up the mantle that was uh, needed to be handed to him from his grandfather and his father to be the leader of a great nation. So needed to be broken. Yeah. And so and God decided, well, I'm going to do that. So he broke him. And you, uh, you started out by saying, think about somebody in your life who maybe has had spiritual authority. And you said spiritual authority um, is only developed through the development of people's character. Right. Um, and so spiritual authority leads to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, who came up with the ladder of influence concept? Do you know? Um, it was about 20 years ago, a long time ago, we were having a meeting offsite and my friend Gary Mays um, was teaching us and he, he, he talked about the, the ladder of influence and it grabbed all of us at the time. I have since talked to him on several occasions. I said, where did you come up with the concept of that? And he doesn't, he didn't really remember, <clears throat> honestly. <clears throat> we think it might have uh, come from a guy named Bobby Clinton who's written a book on leadership, but... Um, not sure where it came mm-hmm. from. I know Gary's the first one who said it. And I, I was thinking of names of people in my, my, my mind who have spiritual authority, authority over me. But my question was, while you were going through that is, um, do you th- think, so there's a lot of people in this world right now who have influence. It seems like there's a bunch of like the wrong kinds of broken people you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that have immense power or have the influence or power to change the world. Um, So when you were saying you have to be broken in order to have the character, to have the spiritual authority, to have influence, um, can you kind of clarify to listeners about where brokenness comes in and how God works in that brokenness in order to be good kinds of brokenness, because yeah. you know what, do you know what I'm asking? Because I feel like when we look at America or the world right now, you're like, yeah, this is a broken place. There's broken people running this place and their influence isn't always that great. Right. I think I hear what you're saying before he clarifies, like I, you said that uh, Jacob was a jerk. Then he was broken. I think mm-hmm. you're talking about like a lot of people are just jerks. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. you're like, oh, well, it's a broken world, and they're broken people, but they're just jerks. So, like, yeah, that's, that's not the brokenness, but they still have influence. That, well, that, but that's that you were talking about this weekend. He also talked about the fact that influence—you can have influence by pointing a gun at somebody. Right. You yeah. can have, and you can have influence by you know yelling, punching title, somebody, yelling, whatever. But yeah, yeah the yeah. title and the and the the sort of uh, implied authority, implicit authority that comes with certain um, roles like that that can also be influence without brokenness mm-hmm. or without the right kind of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what well, the key, yeah, the, uh, there's a key decision. It's an act, It's actually a thought process and that, that every human being has to go through when they're broken. And that is essentially, what will I do with this, with this brokenness? And the illustration I used is, I mean, you can either do open palm or closed fist. Your closed fist indicates either in my brokenness, I will strike out or I'll take a hold of this. I'm, you know, it, you don't have to be mean or ugly, but you can say, I'm going to work it. I'm going to, I'm going to take my own power. I'm going to work. That's a, that's closed fist. The By other, the way, you have a pretty good right hook. I do. 
Yeah, when you were going through this on, on stage, you were like, yeah. do a right jab. That's it's, right. It's pretty good, pretty quick. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's the proper response. But yeah. the, um, the other option is, um, with a closed fist, is that a person who pulls into themselves. So, And, and so when we're broken, the large... I, I, would it be a majority? I think a majority of people result, uh, the result is a closed fist. The only way for character develop from brokenness is with, with an open palm. Mm. In other words, a surrender to God and a surrender to the circumstances that says, I'm going to learn through this and I'm going to grow through this. Mm. Uh, that, so that's a key decision. So yeah. you cannot climb the ladder of influence without that little hinge point. It's not a little decision, that hinge point between brokenness and character. And I guess, um, depending on the decision you make, you're either going to influence in a way that like is glorifying to God or not. Right. Well, yeah, let's say, so let's a person who's been broken for, for whatever reason. And then they go with a closed fist. Um, oh, they'll likely they'll have some kind of influence on people, but it is, it could be ugly. Right. Yeah. It could be manipulative. And it's almost always, if they have not surrendered to God or surrendered their brokenness to God, it's almost always their influence is going to be somehow to fix their brokenness. It's, it's somehow yep. going to be about them because they've never dealt with their brokenness. Mm. And as a result, they carry around the rest of their life this chip on their shoulder that says, you are going to fix my brokenness because you're going to do exactly what I say or mm. you're going to meet my needs. Mm. That's, that's the ugliest kind of influence that comes from undealt with brokenness. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. So you said there's two... Brokenness happens in two specific ways. Either life breaks you or God breaks you. Right. Um, how do you know which is which? I don't know that you do. Okay. Honestly. Yeah, does it matter? I don't know that. I honestly don't know that it matters. I think, um, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. A lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out which is which. I don't think they need to. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of times in my life where I'd like to attribute it to God, yeah. but really it's just maybe bad decisions or right. bad circumstances, you know, and Either maybe the way, way around. allows it. Yeah. I'm going to talk this weekend about the providence versus determinism. And we'll get into this more about how much God allows, how much God determines, but there is a providential aspect to life where God, at least at the very least, we could say, you know what? God knew that was going to happen. He allowed it to happen. And now I'm broken. Now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in all situations, his grace is sufficient for us. So whether yeah. he's causing it or whether he's allowing it or whether it was my fault or yeah. whatever, in all things, his grace is sufficient. Let's talk about Jacob for a minute. Because he's one of those guys we were doing, or yeah, we were doing the uh, Bible character craziness a couple months ago. And he was one of the, I, I knew about Jacob, but like this dude was crazy, man. Like he was not a good person. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's one of those situations. So you, you kind of went through the whole story of Jacob a little bit, just like snapshots of his life. Can we give a couple of those yeah, for anyone who yeah. doesn't? Um, so he cons his brother. His twin brother. Into, well, kind of con, but really his brother was, what'd you say? Dumb, Dumb as, as a, a box, box of, of hammers. hammers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he uh, gets him to trade his birthright for a bowl of stew, right? Which to us Let's doesn't sound right like there. a lot, but you kind of explained birthright was like, a big deal. That's a big hairy deal. Mm-hmm. It was double the inheritance, <laughs> yeah. power over the family. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about the 
parable of the lost sons and the birthright, right? Is, oh, yeah. is the thing that the younger son demands of his father yeah. before he dies, right? So the birthright is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. But he traded it for soup. Yeah. He was a foodie. <laughs> That's what it was. He was starving. He was hungry. I'm thinking it was pho because there's a lot of things that I would trade for pho. What is that? It's a Vietnamese soup of a specific kind. It's the greatest of, it's the king of soups. P-H-O. I think I might be close to agreeing with you on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What does it taste like? Um, depends on what you get, but it's got- beef, you can get, my favorite is beef. I, Anyone who gets chicken, mine, I don't know. I don't like the chicken. Mm-hmm. I like the beef. It's got star anise in it mm-hmm. and it's got, some, oh, it's really good. One of my favorite things about this podcast is every time <laughs> I don't know what something is, somebody will reach out to me. So like last week we talked with Tim Ayers and you tr- Barry tried to stump Tim about not having a story about metal ingot. Right? Yeah. Did he, did he have a story? Yeah, he had he a did. story about metal something it was it was close enough that i gave him the i gave him credit for it yeah <laughs> and this morning i walk in grab and i go to my mailbox and there's a card in there um really encouraging card and <laughs> there's a piece of silver in there and in got the first line of the card says now you have a story about metalinga no way it's yeah. great so <laughs> maybe now oh. i don't know what foo fa 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 is p-h-o and now maybe somebody will. Uh, or I'll tell you what. Bring me some pho. I'll take you, or Marin and I will take you. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. To yes. Get some good pho. Yeah. Where do you? Okay. That sounds good. I'd love to. All right. So he trades a birthright for pho. <laughs> yes. Wait. No. For soup. <laughs> whatever. For it is. Yeah, stew. What doesn't matter. Stew. Whatever. That's Esau. That's on Esau, right? That's. I mean, if your yeah, brother but is. At, but look at it this way: Jacob knew Esau's proclivities. He knew mm. how how he thought or didn't think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and and knew he could he could do it. So he scammed him. And do yeah. you know that in the Hebrew, the the word is for the that he refers to the the soup. He he says, "Give me some of that red stuff." And Esau is like also means kind of like red, yeah. ruddy. And so there's like a, I don't know. It's like. Some sort of, I don't know what the purpose of that is, but it, it sure is neat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but here's the thing. I always wonder like, why didn't he just beat up his brother to take the soup? But then I realized, wait a second, Jacob was really strong. Oh. And, you look, and even though he was a mama's boy, he was not like a scrawny, you know, he was, he was, he was burly because if you look at the way that he meets his wife, of course, it's comp- it's there's imagery compared to how his father Isaac meets his wife, mm-hmm. uh, where the if you remember the there's he his servant Abraham's servant goes to the place and goes to the well, yeah, and yeah. then it's this whole thing of like faith and asking God like if this sort of thing happens if this is the right mm-hmm. person then sh- then then she'll be the one and so it's it's a whole bunch of relying on God when Jacob meets his wife he's also in the same area, he's at a well, but it's covered over by this giant stone, this huge rock, and and his future wife comes out, Rachel. and Rachel, yep. and she's she's like, yeah, we got to wait for the the other shepherds to get here because it takes like four guys to move this rock or whatever, and he's like, I got it, and he like yes. moves the whole thing himself. So there's man. no reliance on he's God. She gets gets the little hearts in her eyes. Yeah, yeah. there's no reliance on God. He's just like, uh, yeah, I, I can I can help you out with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, which way to the uh, to the gun show? You know, weight room. No, no, yeah. not j- no, no. So she goes <laughs> home and tells her sister Leah, and then he moved the rock all. 
all buying himself. And then she's Leah's like, why like, do you get to marry him? To all right. Yeah. So do you want to know who I, when I was preaching on Jacob, who I have in my mind, what Jacob looks like and who he is like. You ready? Tim Col- Ayers. Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. Cultural reference. Loki. Oh, oh so you do see him as, as thin and conniving. He is thin and conniving, but he is strong. Huh. That's how I see him. Mm. He's, right. he's the Loki of the Bible. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And because Esau's kind of Thorish, you know, but he's yeah, he's not as smart as Thor. But it seems like Jacob comes from a really like dysfunctional family. Yeah, because the mom helped him to see the mom the dad. started this whole thing where sort she of. like chose a favorite kid. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, Jacob, it's have I loved? Not the whole family was messed up. Let's be honest, except Isaac. Poor guy. He was the one. He's Seriously. the one good guy. What in that was he whole doing family. this whole time? Digging wells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and going blind, apparently. Well, yeah, he yeah. got real old. All right. So she <laughs> she picks a favorite kid. Yeah. Which as, as you're one not does. supposed to do that. <laughs> Guys, actually, one time uh, I was getting in trouble when I was in high school, and my mom will swear up and down <laughs> that this did not happen, but I promise I heard it. So maybe I was dreaming or what, but my mom sits me down. I have two younger sisters and she says, I know you're not supposed to have favorite kids and I love your sisters, but there is just something about a firstborn son. And ever since then, wait, you were in trouble and she said that to you. Yeah. Cause she was like, please don't like, don't go off the deep end. Oh. I love you. I love you more than your sisters. Come back. <laughs> Basically. Wow. So and I if we it. can make you smell like your sisters, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So that's the next step in Jacob's story is yeah. like he, he, he's chosen by his mom favorite and then basically walks all over his brother, takes the birthright for the soup. And then later steals the blessing, a blessing, the blessing because yeah. he dresses up like, like his, his brother, brother yeah. who's, Harry and he smells like his brother and he and, smells yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he convinces his blind dad to give yeah. him the blessing which this guy had all kind of integrity yeah <laughs> but the lesson is always is personal hygiene great because if Esau just didn't smell terrible that's the lesson that's, <laughs> right that's the, that's the big idea <laughs> that's your takeaway yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. But yeah. So the bottom, it gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. The story's not a good guy. And then look guy, what his man. kids do. Look what Jacob's kids do in their whole dysfunctional family with the four moms and the, like they put their brother, we'll get into this next week. Next week, They yeah. put their brother in a Spoiler pit and alert. sell him yeah. to, to like <laughs> slave owners. Like they're messed up too. Yeah. Oh, but think of it this way. Here's, I, here's what I wrestled with all week as I was working on that message. It would have been easy for God just to kill Jacob and go with Esau, who was a little bit oafish, but was nicer. Yeah. And it could have been, uh, the patriarchs could have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. (laughs) Yeah. They weren't. Yeah. So I sat back and I say, all right, what does that mean? God worked within a manipulate. He didn't change things. Once he stole the birthright and stole the blessing, God said, I'm going to run with that. Yeah. He's going to, he'll be the patriarch, but I'm sorry. And here's the point. I have to bust him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, if, if he's going to do this and if he's going to be the one that's going to carry the name and by the way, I'm going to call him Israel, which will last forever. Oh my goodness. I've got to bust him up. That's, if it's I, the craziest. 
Yeah. yeah. There are You're so right. many stories of despicable characters <laughs> still being anointed right? and chosen. Right. If this was, and Esau did everything right, and therefore he was the anointed one. Yeah. It, what, what's that? This what's is that? The, and that's the whole point of the whole point of the story. Yeah. And the, the fact is every single one of us has the potential to have that kind every single one of us can have that kind of spiritual authority and influence if we submit ourselves to the breaking of God. Do you think God breaks people who don't believe in him? Oh yeah. You do? We see it in the New Testament. We see um, Paul right before his conversion, like mm. oh, yeah. he wasn't searching for God. You know, he was doing the exact opposite and then mm-hmm. God blinds him, knocks him off a horse and changes his life. So mm. absolutely, I think that he- Well. Because if I was Jacob's neighbor, I don't know if they had neighbors back then, but if I was somebody who knew him, like I, I'm thinking of somebody in 2018, if I'm like, man, that guy's a real jerk and then great things happen for him. I'm like, man, you don't deserve that. Like, right. right. So like, I wonder while you were preaching this, I was like, man, isn't this just another story of like, why do good things happen to bad people? And if you don't know that Jacob's being broken to yeah. believe and like, because he is in Hebrews 11, right? Which is basically the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Yes. Faith mm-hmm. guy, guys and gals. Like, so he's known for his faith, but did he, he obviously didn't have that kind of, like you were saying, Barry, he didn't have that kind of faith before he was broken. Mm. So I'm wondering if God breaks you, even though you don't believe, but I guess he does. Yeah. Well, I find it really interesting that, the people of Israel are named after Jacob's new name, mm-hmm. Israel. Yeah. They're not called the Abrahamites. Mm-hmm. They're called the or Israelites. The Isaac, or the Isaacites. Or the Jacobites. Mm-hmm. Although that is a thing. What are the Jacobites? What is that? We don't talk about that. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> that's like- We don't talk about this. I gotta figure things. that out. I'm gonna look it up in Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. But but like- oh, the emails are coming in now. The, yeah. <laughs> but they are, um, they are called the Israelites and the name means either- God wrestles or wrestles with God or contends with God. Yeah. And in some way, yeah. the, even the very definition of the people are those, yeah. uh, the people of God are those who wrestle with God, those who contend with God. And so I think it's cool. That's, that to me is a really fascinating thing. That, yeah. That's the name that they've chosen for themselves. And it has a lot of, um, I don't know, it just has a lot to say about our relationship with a God who mm-hmm. does break us and yet who, heals us and uses us for, for his purposes. And I don't know. It's interesting. Yep. It is. Has there been a situation in your guys' lives where you have felt either broken by life or by God that you can point to and say, that was the hinge point where I made a decision to be open palmed and my character was developed and, you know, up and up the ladder of influence. Is there a situation in your own lives where you can point to? um, Isn't it multiple situations? I can think of about three or four. Really? Yeah. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all your brokenness. No, but. Well, I mean, my, my, my own walk with Christ is predicated on the brokenness I went through when I was in college. Hmm. Um, yeah, he broke me. He, he, he broke me good. Hmm. And it set me on the path that I'm, I would not be sitting here today had I not been broken when I was in college. Hmm. So that's the first thing I go to. Yeah, I, and it was there were physical dimensions, emotional, uh, 
I know he was disciplining me. Hmm. And it was a, it was a severe mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have a, a definite one that kind of was a spark that led to my entire journey getting to where it is. And also Jacobites uh, were, <laughs> oh, were a, uh, it was a question. It was a political rebellion that happened in, in England. And so in like the 1700s and the Jacobite succession is the way that monarchy has, has worked in England since that time. That's where, and it's also a bunch of other things, but okay. I'm, so <laughs> thank you. And so, all right. So when I was in college, uh, my first three years, I, I had a really, uh, I had a rough go of it all self-imposed because I was, I, I went to a Christian college and I was very cynical, very cynical. Like I, I hated the rules. I hated the regulations. I hated how conservative things were sometimes when I was like used to a different worldview and a different approach to, to, you know, faith. So I go to Moody and I get really, really, really cynical and what ended up happening was I ended up wearing that cynicism like a cloak and it just totally mm. like turned me into a whole different person. After three years at Moody, I was, it was like, I was dark. I was depressed. I was, uh, and, and I also at the same time was getting like prideful and I was looking down on other people. And I mean, you remember dad, well, how would you well, describe me at well, that time? A great, real jerk. <laughs> yeah. And as a dad looking at you, I, I had no idea how to draw you out of that place. I, it it was out of the hands of a father of a really father. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. This this was these were deep waters. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, my junior year, I came home for Easter at Grace with um, a few of my Moody buddies, and um, my well, dad. You preached, and my mom had <laughs> helped. She was like yeah. pretty significantly involved with the design process. No, I, rem- I remember this. That's okay. why I reacted. Okay. Yeah. So um, I came back for the service. And, um, my mom was like playing piano in the service, dad preached. And immediately after the service was over, like for some reason I turned my cynicism on grace and on the service. And I, I walked right up to my mom and she's like, how what did you think of the service? And I was like, well, I didn't like this, this, this. And I didn't agree with dad on this point. And I didn't think this, this, and I just like <laughs> dumped all this stuff. And then I get in the car and go back to, back to school. And uh, on Tuesday of that week, I was completely ignorant. And on Tuesday of that week, my mom called me and she said, Barry, like that really hurt me. That really hurt me when you said all that. I worked so hard. We worked so mm. hard on that service. Why would, how could you say those things? Like that really hurt me. And of course I apologized, but, but then I began to wonder all of my life, like before college, I had been a genuinely empathetic person for the most part. I was aware of Mm. how other people were feeling and the things that I was saying, how that was affecting other people. And somehow I had become blinded to that in my own mother that I couldn't even see that I had hurt her feelings. And so I ended up going on this long walk through Chicago. I was just like walking up um, Wells street and, and it was kind of chilly, but I was just like walking with a coat with my hands in my pockets thinking, what have I become? Who am I? And, and I started like actually prayed at the point, like, God, what am I supposed to do about this? How do I, what do I do? And the thing that I realized is I had to leave, I had to leave school. Hmm. And, and by the end of that walk, I had determined I'm going to leave Moody. I'm going to leave school because this is not a healthy environment for me. And God, God sort of kicked me in the butt in that Hmm. moment to make me realize like I've become a shadow of my former self and I have to do something about it. So I left wow. and moved into my parents' basement and was super depressed. And that was the time that I got myself uh, 
ready for my year long internship yes. in Nairobi in which the rest of the story begins. So, so that was a moment where God was breaking you and looking back, you're like, that's where character started to yeah. develop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it was literally, it was like nine months after that moment or no, it was one year after that moment, give or take a month where I, I've talked about in the past, uh, how in Kenya I had like a, a time where I realized just how broken I was and all yeah. my sins. And I've talked about that on the pod before, but it was a year after that moment that I had my next moment of brokenness and I wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't left the school and moved to wow. East Africa. So yeah, I would say that counts. Yeah. I had another one. What, what do you got? <laughs> so I have a, and this was a little one, but it was, it's a very important one. I have an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. that pops up every now and then. And it's pretty severe and I get very sick. Um, and for a for about a six to eight month period of time, I was trying everything. Every I did every digestive study that you can do. Um, I was agonizing. I was praying. I was upset. I, was, I wanted to be well. And one night I got up at two in the morning when I was really sick. And I would go downstairs. I've told this story. And I would go downstairs and turn on the TV because I had to sit straight up. Otherwise, I was sicker than a dog. And I got up to do that, and God said, lay down. Which is the word, it makes me feel worse. And he said, I'll lie with you. And I laid back down in bed, and I felt the presence of God. And it was a breaking of sorts. It was said, stop trying. Hmm. Stop and let me handle this. Hmm. And it broke me. I've never, I'll never forget that moment as long as I, as long as I live. Now it's a little breaking, mm-hmm. but what it developed in me, something I do not naturally possess and it's developing patience. Mm. One of those character developing. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, the choice that you illustrated close fist or open palm, like that's a very simple concept, but that is the hardest thing to do. Right. Yeah. It is the hardest thing to do when you're at rock bottom of, of a situation or of your life to be like, okay, I give in, I give. Yeah, so let me, let me ask you, and I tried to say that I didn't have much time to develop this, but why is open-palmed hard? Uh, I would say it's loss of control, a, giving yeah, up control. Right. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to, you know, you're not protecting yourself. Yeah, no net. I mean, our, our two options whenever we are confronted with something dangerous is fight or flight. Yeah. And that's neither of them. That's mm-hmm. right. It's, it's not fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I had lunch with a guy today who has gone through some very difficult times in his life. And I, I had the privilege of looking across the table at him and saying, you know, the way you've handled this situation is um, exemplary. And hmm. you chose... He could have fought and he didn't. And he took an open palm posture and I was able to encourage him and say, I think what's going to come from the, I, and I said to him, I want you to watch very carefully over the next couple of weeks because I have a sense that God's going to bring people to you because you are growing in your spiritual authority. Hmm. And his eyes got really big and he said, it's already happening. Mm. Really? It's super, that, I mean, listening to the sermon, I'm like, I'm not scared, but right now I'm scared. Like, Mm. this is a scary thing. Opening your palms is a scary, it is super scary to be like, Mm -hmm. whatever you want of me, God, is what I want. That's a scary admission. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes we are, like you said, life can break us. We can break ourselves, but like I'm, I think my mom right now, she's in a yeah. place where there is no other option, but just surrender. You know, sometimes I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that feel like they're in that place right now of just, I yeah. have to surrender. What it, else can I do? It wouldn't surprise you that the number of people that I've talked to after the service was, I mean, there's a line of people that wanted to talk because we're all broken in some way. We're all struggling. Mm-hmm. And just to acknowledge it is step one. Yeah. Right? Okay, I am broken. And and not be afraid to use that term. Mm-hmm. Not struggling. Yeah. You know, not in a, I'm broken. Mm. You can yeah. acknowledge that. That's like, that when you, that's like pulling two or three of the fingers out of the, away from the fist. Yeah. You know, hmm. if you think about it in, in some ways, the reason that God or, or Christ has spiritual authority or influence in this world is, well, they're, he's God, but also because he did, he chose the path of brokenness too. Hmm. Christ walked the spiritual, the, the ladder of influence because first of all, he became human, which is a huge lowering of himself, but then he was willing to die, like to suffer and to die on the cross. And through that, he was exalted and had influence and authority. Um, I think it's it's different when you consider how most religions treat God as a all powerful dictator in the sky who just dem- demands yeah. obedience. And sure, in some ways God demands obedience and that's that's part, but like, the same God who demands obedience was willing to die for mm. us to be able yeah. to live out that obedience. It's how, fascinating. How about the same God is willing to uh, set aside some of his power to actually wrestle with a man mm. just to make a point and to break him? Yeah. The, the, yeah, he wasn't he, even trying to win, it seems. He Well, he wasn't. And so he had to resort to the holy finger touching his hip and, yeah. and, and, and set and dislocating his his hip but he allowed he actually allowed Jacob to wrestle with him crazy thought crazy thought i'm going to let you wrestle with me i love when he says why jacob says what's your name and, and god's like why are you asking my name mm. you know who i am mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and look what we just did all night long we wrestled you know do you know i could have killed you mm. i could have i could have destroyed you i could have left you only a memory in your family, but instead I'm breaking you so that you can be the leader of this nation. Hmm. That's crazy. Do you think uh, the disposition of most people is I want influence? Do you think people want influence? (sighs) That's a great question. Um, I think if we pressed it, in each person, they probably ultimately say, "I yes, I would like to be able to have influence," but it's not something we it's it's not something we uh, we think of normally. Yeah, I so I it it's a bit of anyone who fancies themselves as a leader wants influence. Yeah, but people don't see themselves as a leader; they don't think that way, but they should. Yeah. Well, most of the time, when people get really worked up about in some sort of injustice that's been done to you, whether or not it really is an actual injustice. Uh, when we get outraged at the way other people treat us, it's usually because our influence was not recognized or we had no influence in a situation. <clears throat> uh, if someone, you know, steals from you, 
or, or uh, overcharges you for something or whatever. Or to this morning when I had to go to my apartment complex and ask them to not charge me a hundred dollar late fee because the auto pay just stopped working on their website. A hundred dollar late fee. Yeah. So, but I didn't get any notification until it was too late and I had to like, I had no influence in that situation and right. it made me feel. So yeah, I think everybody in some sense, we, even if we don't actively seek influence, we yeah. also realize when we don't have it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm looking at a quote. Um, I, I'm thinking about, I think I've talked about Francis Fenelon once before um, in a book that he wrote centuries ago um, about surrender. Um, he, he, he talks a lot about the great physician and like, you know, if we're on the operating table, we're never going to recoil from the physician. Like if we want to be made whole, mm. we have to surrender and we have to let the physician do his work. Um, one of the quotes from the book is the great physician who sees in you what you cannot see, knows exactly where to place the knife. He cuts swift and deep into your innermost being, exposing you for who you really are. But pain is only felt where there is life. Hmm. And where there is life is just the place where death is needed most. And then he quotes the scripture, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So I think about all the times that God in his word exhorts us to be still. And how hard it is for any of us to afford the time to be still. And when I think about living a life of being open palmed and, and surrendered and how that goes hand in hand with stillness, hand in hand with suffering and vulnerability, again, the words just keep coming back to me, just be still. Mm. Let, let the great physician who sees in me what I can't see mm. and who sees in my circumstance what I can't see let the great physician place the knife exactly where mm. he knows it needs to be placed. Dave, you said, uh, if you haven't experienced brokenness, you will. How do you think people can prepare for that? Is there a way to prepare for that? Is it just like, because um, I've had a lot of conversations with people like my wife who, um, she might hear, we didn't talk about this, but I imagine she heard a sermon like this and she's like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I've ever been there yet, mm -hmm. you know, in my life, but I know something probably will happen, but I don't know how to practice. Like, how do you practice dealing with brokenness or the open palm uh, posture? Is there a way to prepare? Because I know a lot of listeners right now are either currently dealing with something or have, but there are also people who are like, yeah, but, what if I've never done that before? And I know that it's coming. So how can I best think about preparing for broke being broken? I don't, I'm not even sure how to answer that question. I don't know how to, how you prepare for it. Um, part of me wants to say you don't, hmm. you don't prepare. And part of me would say if you're, if you are, okay, so let me back up here. If you are, as much as within your power, practicing the presence of God, which requires surrender, if you're practicing the presence of God, I think you at least have a leg up on what it's going to take when you're broken. If, if what I find is um, individuals who have steadfastly ignored 
the disciplines mm. of pursuing God. Mm-hmm. They have not spent time in the word. I'm sorry to get real basic here. Not spent time in prayer, not have had not had community mm-hmm. with people and not spent time in worship, the kind of basics, the disciplines of pursuing God. Those kind of people are knocked off their feet yeah. even stronger than, than other people um, who have been practicing those things. It's like, it comes out of left field and they are in absolute despair. And at that point you want to say, you know what? You weren't even, you weren't ready in any way for this because yeah. you thought you could skip through life without any pursuit of God. Yeah. And here's the product. Here it is. Mm. And now you're trying, now you have to invent or reinvent your spiritual life in the middle of the darkest days of your life. It's not impossible, man. It's a heck of a lot harder. Mm-hmm. because you've got to figure out in your brokenness, who is God? Who yeah, am I? Yeah. I mean, you got to cover your basic questions yeah. while you're bleeding and laying on the ground. Yeah. I think that's why I was asking um, is because I remember back when I first started uh, a way of discipleship relationship with David Bell, the first thing we did was surrender and trust, which is a practice right. of following God. And <clears throat> The, the whole way of discipleship relationship is designed to take about two years, but we spent about two years on, on surrender and trust yeah. because it's basically like practicing opening your palms. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's just constantly like doing a deep dive into who I am and who God is and then opening my palms or practicing doing that. And I feel like, I mean, there's nothing that's going to prepare you for brokenness probably, no. but there are things that people can do like I can still practice the discipline of surrendering parts of who I am right? so that if brokenness and when brokenness does happen, you know who to talk to. Yeah. And yeah. And you can let God lead you into places where you have to depend on him. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe you're serving beyond your own capacities or things that are so scary. So you, you give God an opportunity to come through for you. Mm. So you have a track record of God's faithfulness that you can look back to when you do have that crisis or that tragedy, you can look back and say, God, you've never, you've never failed me. Mm -hmm. So why would you fail me now? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. I think you defined brokenness in kind of a, a series of phrases at the beginning of your message, brokenness, when your self-reliance is undercut, when your self-importance is shattered, when your self-righteousness is exposed, when your life strategies no longer work. Like some of these things, that's what you're talking about, Barry. You can practice when your self-reliance is undercut. You can practice preparing for that by not relying on yourself, by putting yourself in situations where you have to rely on God. Um, when your self-importance is shattered, why don't we start now? Mm. Why don't we take a, you know, a short-term trip to Ukraine? Yeah. Or just a hard Mm. look at our lives and maybe where do we have a inflated sense of self-importance or whatever? Like there's, there's ways that we can Mm. try to, you know, take a look at, okay, well, where am I anti this? Yeah. You know, that's good. I really dig this series. Uh, we we started this series back in the beginning of the year and now we're kind of digging back into it. And um, man, I used to, I used to think, well, what, like if I would do like a thorough Bible study, I'd be like, I'm just going to go to the new Testament, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, this is, this has been so great and I'm so glad we're back into it. Um, so thanks Dave for that message. Welcome. Um, where do we go from here? Barry, you're up next, right? Nope. 
Oh, me again. Dave's up next. What are we talking about? We're talking Joseph, about- we're going to wrap up uh, Genesis. Okay. Uh, actually, we're not. Uh, I think here's the way we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to cover Joseph and we're going to get the providence of God and how to respond to the work of God in the midst of actually another brokenness experience, but watching the, his hand at work and how to respond to it. Then we're going to take a break. And this is interesting. And I'm, love, I'm glad to be able to say this. We're going to take a week and we're going to break from the series and the preaching team is going to bring some thoughts from the scriptures on the whole Me Too, uh, what do you call it? Movement, the Me Movement, Too yeah. right now. Uh, it's overdue. We've needed to talk about this, um, the exploitation, the abuse, uh, the, uh, the abuse of power and sexuality over women hmm. in particular, although it's both genders, but uh, it's overdue. So we're going to cover that the week of the, I think the 18th, 19th. Hmm. And then Tim's going to wrap up the Genesis, but by doing a very interesting message that is kind of from the scriptures, but kind of from history, he's going to talk about the 400 years of slavery. Wow. Um, what? Oh, no. What? That's, that's some pretty serious business coming up. Yeah, it's and pretty... he'll, he'll be setting that up by talking about the, the development of Moses as a leader as, wow. we, as we go into Exodus. I mean, I hate to say that I'm really looking forward to that, I know, but I, like, I am looking exciting. forward to it. Th- that, that sounds really interesting and fascinating. So that's that's great. Let's get to Moses. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll get we'll get to Moses probably next fall. We'll get into because we have uh, we're going to do a series on how to study the Bible this summer. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, great. All right, guys. Um, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to bring it up again. Um, our favorite pod producer, Emily O'Connor, uh, will be leaving us. Her internship ends in a couple of weeks. And so we've only got a couple episodes with her left, maybe just one, maybe just one more episode with her left. So I want to bring Emily in next week um, to kind of be a special guest and talk about what's next for her and talk about what her experience as a, as an intern at Grace Church has been like. And so that'll be next week, but I'll say it again. If anybody out there within the reach of my (laughs) voice has any uh, interest or availability in joining the between Sundays crew, uh, we're looking for somebody to be uh, a volunteer producer of this podcast. And Emily will be the first to tell you, she did not expect or have any experience in this when she joined. So no experience necessary, just a little <laughs> bit of interest in technology and we'll get you trained up and on the team and all that stuff. So please email me. My name is Tyler. My email address is Tyler B at gracechurch.us and we will get you set up. But if we uh a little desperate for yeah. a producer. Emily, so. my mom is really concerned. That was one of yeah. her questions. Did you find a new pod prod? Yeah, we need one, man. <laughs> Cause I got bad news. My dad volunteered to be a pod producer and he calls me weekly about like the size of the font on his phone so we, <laughs> we got problems if he's the producer <laughs> your poor dad <laughs> he's the best now wait a minute wait a minute i heard this week does your dad run like gas lines no what somebody wait. told me he did that oh like, yeah for someone's house yeah, yeah he did that so your dad's got all kinds of skill and like totally. we're looking to install a gas stove because you know you you, if you really want to cook, yeah, he can oh, do that for you. Gotta cook with gas. He can do no that question. for you. All right, well, just then not I'm the, going to be calling like, on Mr. Yeah, Bender. Just make sure you call him <laughs> or don't have him set up your like home security system or Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we need a producer. So if you're interested, please email me. But until next week, Marin, will you please do us the honors and send us out? Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with that God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. 